You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. Every B2B organization wants to build a high-performance sales team. Closer IQ is an organizational strategy company that helps businesses do just that. Women in Sales Everywhere, better known as WISE, grew out of a passion project at Closer IQ. And its goal is to better support women in sales and revenue roles and help them grow into leadership positions. You might be thinking, wait a minute, I see a lot of women in revenue roles. And you're not wrong, but women represent only 20% of C-suite roles. Mentors and networking opportunities aren't the only thing that women are looking for when planning out their career goals. Clearly defined opportunities for development and growth. I think women, because statistically are not in leadership roles as often and have to oftentimes work harder to get to them, want to know when they join an organization, what do the career ladders look like? What are my benchmarks? What do I need to get there and hit those things so that I can get new opportunities? That's Cassie Yetru, General Manager of WISE. And on this episode of B2B Nation, we're talking to Cassie about what it takes to help increase the ranks of women in revenue leadership roles. Cassie Yetru, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do? For sure. Happy to be here. I am Cassie Yetru. As you said, I am the General Manager at WISE, which is a division of Closer IQ that is building the next generation of female sales leaders. So I run all aspects of WISE, marketing, operations, sales, BD, product. Um, We're a very small and lean team and I run all of it. I have been with Closer IQ, WISE's current company, for almost five years and have held a lot of different roles there. I was a recruiter, I managed recruiters, and now I've been doing WISE for over two years. And prior to being in the tech industry, for the past five years or so, I was in retail coming out of... um, studying retail in college and and worked in that industry. So quite a pivot coming into tech, but very happy that I made it. All right. When we talk about professional development, mentoring and coaching, topics we've discussed here on B2B Nation before, I always like to hear our guests tell their stories. Where were you given opportunities? Where were you given support? Who helped you navigate the business world? So I think it's, it's a really important question and it it changes based on where you're at in your career. When I was you know, in college and first out of school, I relied a lot more on people in my family, uncles, cousins, what have you, that were in the professional world in sales and had a lot to teach me. But since then, I've really created a good network of people, both internally and externally, that I trust and can go to to challenge me, to gut check me. Um, but I think... Honestly, the the CEO of Closer IQ, Jordan Wan, is probably the person that gave me the biggest chance because when I joined the organization, I had no industry experience. So if people are willing to take a shot on you, let them, even if you're not sure if it'll work out, is is probably one of the biggest learnings and opportunities that I had early on. Yeah, I think for me, um, my father is is a STEM guy. And you go and you go into business and your parents and the other people you look up to, you mentioned looking up to family members and getting advice from them. It was kind of a different world for my dad. And then certainly you have people who first in their family to go to college or whatever, like where do you start? It's a, it's a tricky thing. If you've got family who are in business, I think it's a big, big advantage right off the start. So Yes, absolutely. And I have a lot of teachers in my family, so they weren't as much help, but. <laughs> 
All right, we talked about this in a previous episode with Jamie Porter in a kind of in a more broad sense, but what are some of the aspects of a role of a job that women value compared to men? And how does that translate into opportunities on revenue teams in particular? Yeah, it's a, a very important question, I think. And the kind of obvious three that I would say first are flexibility, creativity, and transparency. But the fourth one that I would share, which I think is honestly the most important and less obvious, if you will, is clearly defined opportunities for development and growth. I think women, because statistically are not in leadership roles as often and have to oftentimes work harder to get to them, want to know when they join an organization, what do the career ladders look like? What are my benchmarks? What do I need to get there and hit those things so that I can get new opportunities? And also knowing that an organization values their development as an individual professional and not just as a number on that team, specifically in revenue. Um, so things like mentorship internally and external opportunities and just way that the company will support you. As you and I know, it's very competitive right now and not everyone is offering a lot on that front. So I think that's really important for women right now as well. Who's most likely? to pursue professional development and networking opportunities. And how does that maybe differ from the people who should be placing more emphasis on it? The people that are doing it more are the ones that know that it's important already. So I think people who are, you know, if you had to put a number on it five plus years out of school, they've settled into their career a little bit, they have a little bit more of an understanding of where they wanna go or where they don't wanna go and want people to help them um, kind of craft that journey and, and figure out what's next. Where I think people need to prioritize it more are the, the junior folks who are fresh out of school, getting into something. They don't know why it's important to build a strong brand for themselves, why they need a network of people that they can go to for advice and lean on that can gut check them, challenge them, kind of what I said before. Um, those people need to do it more and they're not doing it as much. So even in the wise community, we break the community up into three segments based on seniority. The people who are at the leadership level and executive level are a lot more engaged than the folks who are individual contributors. And I think that's a missed opportunity for those folks. What do you, what do you think, what's the reason behind that? What do you, is, it, is it the tendency of I come out of school and I have a lot to learn. I'm going to sit and sort of absorb instead of be proactive. Or what do you think is at the root of that? I think first, it's a lack of awareness. People don't even know that those resources and opportunities exist. They don't know what to do with a mentor. Even if they were introduced to someone, they don't know, you know that you should set an agenda and you should be proactive about scheduling and being mindful of your mentor's calendar, things like that. So I think it's awareness. And kind of just to that point, people don't know how to actually go about it. So if no one is telling you or giving you access to people and just opportunities to learn and grow, you don't really know that you should be doing it, let alone how to be doing it. It's going to be especially true if there's no sort of organized mentorship program in place, then it's really, you got to find your own way. Right? Especially then. Yes. And, yeah. and a lot of organizations do have that, which is great. Um, I think internal mentorship is really important, but I honestly think that the balance of internal and external is the most important because you need someone who isn't quite as close to your company or your team or the struggles that your company might be going through to gut check you and have that external opinion. 
right, kind of a third party, if you will, who is maybe not as tied to the company's goals. And I mean, it's tricky because mentors, uh, on one hand, they can help you internally. On the other hand, they have their own, you know, that they want to keep you in the company. They want to maybe keep you in a role where you've provided a lot of value to them and, and, but may not be the best place for you long-term. Exactly. And that's why I think you need both. And you also need peer mentors and mentees, whether that's you helping someone else out or vice versa. It's really important to do both because if you're not, then you're not getting a full and well-rounded opinion. Right. Let's talk about the HR tech space. So as it relates to Closer IQ, team building, leadership development seems to be a growing subset of HR tech. It maybe started benefits and recruiting has kind of you know been the main uh, focus of a lot of the tools in that area. Where do you see the space going? You know, it's interesting because I think there is a lack of training for frontline sales managers and people that are first getting into leadership. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity in HR tech to support that subset of employees where they're just getting into leadership. They're coming from being an individual contributor where they probably did quite well, or they wouldn't have asked to be a manager, but helping them craft how to be a leader, what being a leader means, what some diff- you know, different strategies are. Um, there's a lot that you don't get told about leadership before you get into it. And then you kind of have to figure it out for yourself. So one thing that we've done at, at Closer IQ and Wise is basically a leadership development course that we offer to people who aren't even necessarily in management, but have just been at the company for a while and are kind of starting to take on more leadership-esque roles, whether that's a team lead or an actual manager role. And so I think, you know, whether it's a technology that facilitates that, that's just an opportunity that can be capitalized on and people need because there's a lack of resources and training for it. Yeah, it's true. I think, as you said, best performers, most likely to be put into a leadership, introduced into a leadership. And the, but you see a lot of people, I know I've been guilty of this, and so have other leaders that I've worked with and worked for, is like they have trouble delegating. Like, I'm really good at this. I know how I think it should be done, and I'm going to do it. Works great if you're frontline sales. Doesn't really translate as well if you're in the management role. Yes, yes. And it's also that lack of control of when you have your own quota and you're managing your book of business, you're controlling what you're doing and how well that, you know, how well you're doing to quota and what performance looks like. So if you're not willing to relinquish that as a manager, I think that's a a tough transition for folks to make, especially top performers. All right. There is a question that we ask just about everybody who appears on B2B Nation, and that is what is your favorite tool? Our usual rules here, you can't it's got to be something you can't work without. You can't cite a tool that you're involved with selling, and you can't say your phone unless you're citing a specific app. But what is the tool that you just can't do your job without? I'm going to slightly cheat and say a notebook and a highlighter and a pen because I am very old school and need to have something where I'm writing it down. Um, I think physically writing something helps you figure out what you actually need to do. And I rewrite my to-do list probably two to three times a day and then go through and highlight what's top priority. So that's my answer. If I had to say a technology tool, I would say Evernote, which also helps me organize everything and take notes, but just an old school notebook, pen, and a highlighter. 
Yeah, I, I, people listening won't see this, but I did wave a notebook <laughs> at Cassie during her answer. There are one, two, three, at least three notebooks within arm's length, several pens, some of which I'm sure don't work and should be thrown out. So I stopped grabbing them. <laughs> it's like, why do I have to put my priorities in software? I have it all right here. The way right. I've always done it. I'm with you. <laughs> Very much with you. Same way with calendars too. I, I like to write down get those big, this is probably me having teachers as parents, the old school, big desk calendars that you can just write yep. everything on. Yep. Where you can put eight appointments, line after line after line every exactly. day. Right. <laughs> Teacher calendars have no Saturdays and Sundays on them. And there you go. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> Cassie Etcher, thanks for appearing on B2B Nation. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks to Cassie Etcher of Wise for joining us on this episode of B2B Nation. You can subscribe to B2B Nation wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thanks to the technology advice crew of Amy Dunn and KJ Pace. Mnemonics in the Guild composed our theme song. We'll catch you next time on B2B Nation. B2B Nation.